How fast can you say better buddies? Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got John. Hello. And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week, who is your favorite superhero and why? Oh, my God. Yeah, that pick is, one. That is, that is a good question. Um, let me think here. Uh, just to cut the tension, mine is Spider-Man. I've loved him forever. He's both a super relatable as Peter Parker. He's a funny dude. And despite having a lot of problems as Peter Parker and having the notoriously bad Parker luck, he still somehow comes out on top more often than not and just doesn't seem to realize it. So nice. I mean, that is no, he's like, I think he's arguably like from a story perspective, maybe like the best superhero. He's like, like almost the archetypal one. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, or at least like the most interesting because of how relatable he is. Very exactly, few other yeah. heroes have financial difficulties. The only notable ones I can think of are Iron Man and the Fantastic Four. And the Fantastic, Fantastic. Four, it's... Oh yeah, Fantastic Four have financial issues, but usually it's like, oh, we spent too much money on Reed Inventions and forgot to pay the rent. We're going to sell all of Reed's inventions and patents. And now we're living in a brownstone in New York. And somehow we're back to being rich again, and we move back into the Baxter building. And we're out yeah. of money again. Yeah. <laughs> the cycle continues. How does it keep happening? <laughs> I mean, a brownstone in New York's fairly pricey, too. Yeah. There was just one Sounds notable cool. time, I remember, where they're all, like, living in this smaller apartment, and Johnny Storm is training to be a firefighter. Uh, that's not too bad. That's good. Hell yeah. Can the thing work out like a cute, like, can he work at a cafe somewhere, like a, a local chain? Aunt Petunia's ever-loving favorite nephew is not going to work at a local cafe. He's, uh, a for, he's a former military fighter pilot. Where would he work then? Where, a bouncer? Would, probably a bouncer, oh, or like the train yard. He could be one of those guys who sells hot dogs on the street that everyone would buy. Or he just, like, like, moves off to France for a while, like he did during Civil War. Is that what he did? Yeah, during the first Marvel superhero Civil War, the thing was just like, ah, I'm out, peace. And he lived in France until it was over. Because nice. no extradition. Everybody <laughs> knows that superheroes don't go to France. Also, the yeah, Doctor Strange kind of fucked off to the top of a mountain and was just like, if I join either side, it's the end of the world, so have fun. Oh. Fair. But Have yeah, Spider-Man, he's very relatable, and even when, he, for a while, they made him Tony Stark and gave him his own Parker Industries, uh, in the first issue where he had that, he did this whole spiel at a meeting, only to find out afterwards his fly was down. Oh, Classic Peter. <laughs> Peter. I mean, who? Who? <laughs> Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> we don't know his identity. Yeah, I have no clue, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, or, who wants to go next? Um, my favorite is also Spider-Man for the above reasons. 
<laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, when you I, pick the best one. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to have to say Batman. You piece um, of shit. I know. Got him. I love you, Main, but also. It's just the DC Spider-Man. Yeah. No, because well, Batman's rich and doesn't have money problems. And doesn't make yeah. jokes. And the doesn't go down is, on women. The, he Wait. doesn't. Yep. He doesn't? Canonically speaking, <laughs> Batman doesn't go down. That's because there's only justice, RJ. No time for women. Uh, it's actually it's speci- <laughs> it actually it was this whole like news cycle in the comics world like uh, six months ago or something where they DC Comics told a writer like no our superhero no Batman doesn't do that. You're gonna say there's an arc where he learns to go down on women? No, it's just straight up like oh, they told the writer like our our heroes don't do that. And poor Wonder Woman. I, dude, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. B- bit of bit of a demerit in my book, but I will still say I will still say Batman. Uh, it doesn't knock him down to number two. <laughs> it uh, it doesn't. I I won't lie. Uh, big big black check mark. I will not. Or uh, again, demerit. Like I will not. Uh, I can't excuse that behavior. But. Uh, I do. I just like his, like, I like his story. I like the world of, like, Gotham City. I like how many different iterations it has. Like, yeah. Gotham City, it, to me, is, like, the... If if Peter Parker, I mean, Spider-Man, is, like, the superhero, like, the superhero, then I would make the case that, like, Gotham City is, like, the superhero city. I like, mean, to be fair, Gotham City is just New York by a different name. Yeah, but Gotham City is out of Chicago. No. It's well in in the Nolan movies they use exterior. That's what's cool about like some of that stuff is like it becomes like a composite like American yeah. city. Um which I I think is cool. And like I think just with all the iterations of like Batman like I think he's a good counterbalance to like um Spider-Man. I think the two of them like kind of complete like a like a superhero Dow almost. Um, I would I would definitely agree. Like, if you're... I mean, I'm a Marvel fan, boy. Like, that's just the reality of it. I do like DC heroes in, overall, in general. But if I had to pick one who's actually, like, interesting, it's Batman. And, like, his whole mythos. Because his mythos is so fleshed out and complete. Compared to, like... Alright, you got the... Like, that's the thing that always struck me. DC has a mm-hmm. lot of, like, separate f- families, quote-unquote. Like, you've got the Green Lanterns, and the Batmans, and the Flashes... The Superman, like, they're all these little, like, pocket realities, almost, of, like, these are all the characters with this power and this theming, which, Mm -hmm. on their own, are super interesting, and then you mesh them together, and you get the Justice League, where goddamn Batman is going toe-to-toe with Superman in Justice League fights against evil, and it's like, really? You sure about that? I mean, the animated show was really good. It was, and it did a great job of, like... Giving Batman stuff to do. Hiring space lasers. Also, also, arguably, both Spider-Man and Batman are, like, have the best. I would still, I would argue this. And granted, I'm not, like, a comic book person, so my word doesn't really mean much. But from a cinema perspective, like, they both have the best, like, movie trilogies for superheroes. I would I would make that case. Like, the first mm-hmm. Spider-Man trilogy. 
right? We haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 yet. This is this is fair. I, I didn't think 2 was very good. I thought 2, two was okay. Two, 2 wasn't anything new. No, 2 two had kind of a big dip in the middle. Um, but, yeah, I would, I, would, <clears throat> I would still say, I don't know. I, I think a lot of that is that the supporting casts to these characters mm. are probably some of the better fleshed out ones. Like I you would, got all the kooky villains on both sides. <laughs> I would That's absolutely very, agree with uh, that. Also like the like side characters in general of like J. Jonah Jameson and Alfred Pennyworth, Commissioner Gordon. Iconic. Uh, yeah, you yeah. got so many of these iconic like side characters that contribute to the story rather than like Superman, you've got Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, if anybody remembers who he is that doesn't read comics. And Lex mm. Luthor. And Lex Luthor is a villain. That's it. Like, oh, what, who's, who knows about the you, Toy Man, you know? I mean, you got, like, Apocalypse oh. and that one guy who melts. <laughs> <laughs> Forget hey. what his name is. <laughs> I don't even, like, I don't even know who Dark you're referencing. Side. Because no, I, you said was the like guy a really who melts. Minor. And my brain's going, the Melter from Marvel, and it's not it. No, there's, like... <sighs> Somebody's Clayface, but I forget yeah. which side of the aisle that's on. Clayface that's... is uh, Batman. Oh, okay. yeah. God, no. What am I thinking of? I need to um, look this up now. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, DC has three big, like, three main villains it's Darkseid, Lex Luthor, and Joker. Mm-hmm. If you do something that doesn't involve one of those three, what you, like it's a very character specific story. There's, there's some like I, I, I'm mainly like the only reference I'm gonna have is like I remember when I was a kid, like I I brought home like a, a Batman like villain compendium from the library. Mm. Um, so those are the ones that I like know. I mean, like Mister Freeze is kind of interesting. Um, I forget about the guy who's like basically like a radioactive like skull. Um, you mean radio the uh, radioactive man? Wait, no, that's Marvel. That, You're thinking of from Batman the, like, Beyond. Yeah, it's from Batman Beyond. Is that, that the? Do you know how little that narrows that down meme? Yes, uh, that yeah. one. Okay. Yeah, that one. <laughs> My parents. <laughs> do you have any idea how little that narrows it down? <laughs> See, no, it... DC does have some other fun villains. Like, Cyborg Superman is literally a dude who used cyborg parts to make himself and, like, plastic surgery to become Superman. Realized nobody bought that he was Superman, and so he decided, fuck this, I'm gonna be evil now. Well, I tried. Basically. I'm evil. I mean, it's funny, too, though, because, like, the thing is, Spider-Man especially has, like, some really cool villains, too. Like, out of the people that I know in Marvel, because I also had a Spider-Man, like... <laughs> villain and or hero compendium i just remember the one guy who could uh he was literally so persuasive that he could just talk to people and get them to do like whatever he wanted like it was like half a superpower and half not he was just that like charismatic and i can't remember what his name was but uh he was in spider-man which one but yeah it was I I can't remember. I honest, I just remember him being in like uh the the Spider-Man like villain encyclopedia basically. He's a he's a guy who's like so it he's got like kind of a gold 
suit or like a gold part of his suit. It's like black and gold. And uh, he's like so persuasive. Like he can just convince people to do anything oh, he wants. Oh, and it's, it's is not his face a- purple? Yeah, it might be. Why? Yeah, it's the purple man. Zebediah Kilgrave. That might actually be it. I'm not going to lie. If you want a great story with that character, Jessica Jones season one on Netflix. Some rough topics, because he is a nasty, nasty piece of work. Like, I'm not someone who really believes in, like, using trigger warnings a ton, but you might want to be careful with that season. But also, very, like, uh, he's played by David Tennant, and ooh, is he good. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck, wait. <sighs> John, did you find the one you were thinking of? No. <laughs> okay. It, it doesn't matter. It was just some Justice League episode where this guy turned into like pink goo Ooh, could be i think parasite. he had uh, might be a parasite he had some kind of like either mind control power or could copy powers or if you really want to i, I mentioned uh, it earlier but toy man is a fun superman villain because he just makes toys that kill people like a cut like a off off the bargain bin joker and at one <laughs> point he builds a giant composite batman superman that is a robot oh, that is yeah. half Batman and half Superman. That creepy child. James, did you find the one you were thinking of? The villain? Yeah. Yeah, I. it might... I, uh, fuck, he might nope. literally be... No, I don't think I did. I did not. Okay. I'm what about that, uh, that Nazi made of bees in the Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, <laughs> hi. Swarm? Swarm. <laughs> That's oh, one, of the, that was one of the fun things about when a lot of villains were being created was post-World War II, a lot of them were just Nazi scientists. You got Red Skull, you got Swarm. Uh, yeah. Baron Zemo, um, uh, Von Strucker. Um, Zemo is a Nazi? Zemo is totally a Nazi. Originally? Like... Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Even the MCU one? No, not the MCU one. Okay. Um, and then, oh, who's, who's, um, he's got the TV for a chest. Uh, in Ca- Civil War, he's the giant computer. Or not Civil War, uh, uh, Captain America 2, he's the giant computer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zola? Yeah, Arnim Zola, he's a Nazi scientist. <laughs> you throw a rock in the Marvel Universe, you're probably gonna hit a Nazi. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool. You could say the same thing about NASA, so, you know, you're in good company. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> I was taking a drink of water. Ouch. Well, uh, that being said, let's go on to our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Yeah, I'm thinking pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Jameson. <laughs> Get me <laughs> pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> um, I just love the gif of him laughing. Of him laughing. <laughs> yeah. You serious? <laughs> serious? Isn't there, like, a deleted scene... Sorry, we're still on Spider-Man. But isn't there, like, a deleted scene from Spider-Man 2 where he's, like, wearing the suit and crawling around his office? There is, yeah. It was in, <laughs> like, YouTube, I think, like, last week or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He might be my favorite superhero, actually. Beautiful. Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson wearing <laughs> the Spider-Man suit. Crawling yeah. around his office. That's my new answer. <laughs> All right. Media. Media. Uh, I do have one. Go for it. I have one. Um, so this week, 
marked the launch of the new show, How I Met Your Father, the spinoff series to How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Um, the first two episodes are out on Hulu, presently. New one on Tuesday. Okay. And it was okay. Question. Yes. Is it just a, like, using the same naming convention, or is it actually a spinoff? Um, the first episode references two characters from the original show. But that's about it. Anybody of someone who watched it like four years ago would remember. Oh yeah, it's, uh, I mean it referenced Marshall and Lily. Really? Like the main characters, and I guess they like bought McLarens too, and have redid it, and they live in Ted and Marshall's original apartment. Half of the crew does. Okay. So uh, it's good. Like I definitely laughed a few times. Um, it was a little weird, like how close the cast was. Um like the characters were because uh they met each other in an uber in the first mm-hmm. episode okay so it's just like living two years through a pandemic how do people like be this open and honest with people they just met you know yeah but other than that it's great and like the original show is one of my favorites so i am optimistic and looking forward to see where this goes who's the main actress again i know it's somebody i know hillary duff yes, used to play um Lizzie McGuire. Go Hell Dog. I think she'd do a good job with it. Hell Dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's great so far. Nice. So. Yeah. What's uh like can I ask uh, what what draws you to the original show and what do you hope that they do like with this one? That is a good question. <laughs> um I don't know. I think it comes down to being kind of relatable again, like fine ear way as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. It's just funny too. So I hope it's just like still funny, still punches you in the gut and makes you laugh. <laughs> you know, Hell yeah. need that dichotomy. Like Scrubs also did that really well, which is why these two are my favorites. Um, Scrubs was great I... at that. Yeah. That oh, is the dang. hope. Hillary Duff is somehow both older and younger than I expected. She's 34. I think she's... Oh, shit. Wow. I guess she was only a few years older than us when she was on Disney Channel. Yeah, that's weird like, thing. I somehow expected her to be, like, mid-30s, but also mid four like low th- Like, low 30s, but also mid-40s. It had to be one of those two, and it wasn't either of them. I yeah, I would have thought she'd been be in her like upper forties, but it is kind of interesting. Thirty four, so she's only nine, about nine years older than us, which is kind nine, of bizarre. Try ten, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dang, yeah, nice, good recommendation, John. Very nice. Think, yeah, what you guys got? Oh, James, do you want to go or should I? I can I can go. Go for um, it. I'm going to recommend another sitcom. <clears throat> this one is uh, this one is not necessarily as recent, although it did just have it, uh, its newest season premiere, I think, a couple months ago on HBO. I'm going to recommend Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, this is, uh, for anyone who does not know, Curb Your Enthusiasm is a show created by Larry David, who is like the co-creator and kind of the like writing mind behind Seinfeld. Um, okay. In fact, the character on Seinfeld, George Costanza, like the shorter guy who's kind of balding with glasses, yeah. is 
be almost a direct representation of like Larry David um, mm. and Curb Your Enthusiasm, which aired on HBO, I think only a few years really after like uh, Seinfeld ended um, basically follows like Larry David uh, as Larry David living in Hollywood, just kind of like walking around and like getting into Seinfeld-esque uh, like comedic situations um like for instance there's an episode that i just watched where he uh he goes to a um he forgot about a friend's party or didn't want to go to it or something like that so he says that he's like gonna go over and just tell them that he like forgot the next day to make them like feel better and then they just like have him over anyway um and but he like had something to do and he's like lying about forgetting it's very much like a show that like centers around larry david like being kind of um both innocent and also like somewhat it's uh like self-conceited uh and much just like kind seinfeld. of getting into situation much like yeah. seinfeld that does sound um, very seinfeldy yeah it's it's very uh it's very good i'm not someone who's actually seen a lot of seinfeld um so I've seen like a few episodes, um, but you can definitely tell like it's very much almost the same humor because it basically comes from the same guy. And uh, it's cool because they can do stuff they couldn't do on Seinfeld. Um, One, because this isn't like a multi-camera sitcom and single camera. So it's shot a lot like something kind of like Parks and Rec or It's Always Sunny where it's kind of like Um, Mm lo-fi. Two, because it's on HBO, they can have like um they can have like cursing and they can have kind of like different sorts of plot lines you wouldn't be able to have on like a network sitcom so famous people show up just as famous people yeah exactly like he's friends with like ted danson (laughs) um like like famous people show up like all the time um wanda sykes is like a, a recurring minor character um it's a it's a really like fun show it takes a while to get into but it's i think it's like pretty well worth the watch do you have Um, to start at the beginning or can you just jump in i would say uh, that is a good question it's not like serialized there are some seasons where there are like both the fourth and the fifth season have like a narrative arc that they carry throughout the season um i wouldn't say necessarily no although sometimes like later episodes do reference older episodes but it's nothing i think that would be too like egregious i would say just try and watch the first episode so you have like an idea of what the show is and then you could probably go and like pick if you want okay but i very much uh i very much suggest it uh it's it's like a very well done comedy show and it's cool too because like most of the scenes are very loosely scripted so most of it's like improv but it comes off like very naturally kind of on really on like almost any improv like I've seen before. Um, Especially in the earlier seasons, it's pretty common that they'll like break, like they'll laugh at each other um, telling a joke, but I have never, and I'm not like, this is going to sound like hyperbole because it kind of is, but I swear I'm being honest. Like I've never seen someone incorporate like breaking as naturally into like any piece of comedy as I have in this show, it's like wonderfully done. Because sometimes breaking can totally take you out, and it becomes. I would a joke. posit that because it is a fictionalized version of Larry David's life, Larry David, right? 
Mm -hmm. Because it's a fictionalized version of his life, when people laugh, they can just be laughing for real compared to something like It's Always Sunny or um, Parks and Rec, where when someone breaks on Parks and Rec, they should not be breaking at that moment. No, that's a, that's a very good point. It, it, that's a really good point, actually. It does a, it like the fact that it's a little bit looser, lets it feel more natural, which means you can kind of like get away with other stuff. Uh, so that's, that's a really good point. It's, it's a really like, it's a really fun show. Um, and it's very like cathartic at moments. Um, but, uh, I would definitely suggest it. Curb your enthusiasm. Nice. I guess this is a comedy week, because I'm also going to recommend a comedy. Uh, Technically, it's a comedy. Uh, Elizabethtown. Elizabethtown. I don't know what that is. It's a 2005 rom-com starring Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. Oh. Oh, shit, I have heard of this one. (laughs) Fuck, I've seen a trailer for this. Yeah, yeah. Um, Heads up, it's a little bit of a dark comedy. Because the story starts with Alec Baldwin telling Orlando Bloom, a shoe designer, that Orlando Bloom has just cost the company a billion dollars in a failed shoe design. Uh, to the point where, like, he walks him through, the, Alec Baldwin walks Orlando Bloom through the facility, pointing out things they're going to have to cut and get rid of to make up for the billion dollar loss. Such as the basketball team, or the, like, Save the Earth Charity Foundation they're running. Yikes. Um, nice. Orlando Bloom's character then decides uh, that he's going, he's ruined everything, including his own life, and that his only option is suicide. So that's real comedic and fun. And he Mm -hmm. builds a contraption out of his, like, bicycle machine thing to stab him in the chest as soon as he starts it up. And just as he's about to hit the button, he gets a phone call and his dad is dead. Uh, uh. (laughs) Where's the comedy, you may be asking. So he has to go back to his town. Uh, he has to go. His father was visiting his like hometown of Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Um, and so Orlando Bloom has to go get the body and like arrangements for the funeral and the memorial and all that stuff. And it is the hijinks that ensue when on his flight there, he runs into peppy outgoing um, flight attendant Kirsten Dunst. And they, it's a rom-com, so of course they're going to get together, but it's a very, like, funny, uh, it's like one of those, like, little chuckle movies. You go, <laughs> that's pretty funny. But throughout it, it's got a lot of heart to it, too, because it's the core, a significant plot point is he's handling his father's death and meeting this whole side of, like, the family that he never knew because he lived on the West Coast in Oregon. And so... As a West Coast person dealing with good old Kentucky values and the what meeting his dad's wishes versus the family's wishes versus his mom's wishes and coping with the fact that his dad is dead. But yeah, very, very, very cute, very charming. Um, maybe a little heavy on the manic pixie dream girl for Dunst character, but that's not her fault. And I think they do a pretty good, and not pretty good, they do try and make some allusions to the fact that, like, the whole Manic Pixie Dream Girl thing is a facade. But, it was fun. When was it? Do you know when it was made? 2005. Nice. That's, like, perfect. 
Yeah. Holy shit. If I recall correctly, it's Bloom post Lord of the Rings. Or pre. It's one of the it's like just before or just after. But uh the cast is great, because it's Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst as the two main ones. Susan Sarandon is the mother. Uh, oh, no Alec way. Baldwin obviously is the boss that fires him. Judy Greer is his sister. Paul oh. Schneider is like his cousin. Uh. <laughs> um, you've got Bruce McGill as part of the family. Um, Tom Cruise is credited for some reason. I don't. I do not think he's in the movie. He doesn't have a role. <laughs> um, Paula Dean is the main character's aunt. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, Chuck. Jed Rees is Chuck. What else is he in? Um, there are a lot of actors in this movie. Galaxy Quest. Yeah, the family is big, so there's like a lot of people playing family members. Or um, another key part of the movie is that the hotel Orlando Bloom is staying at is also hosting Chuck and Cindy's wedding. And at one point, Orlando Bloom goes to steal beer from the wedding party, and Chuck catches him in the hallway, but is drunk and just like grows out with him. <laughs> how how uh, was their chemistry? How was like Orlando Bloom and uh, Kirsten Dunst's chemistry? Oh, the chemistry was great. Hell yeah. Like, it was very... It, at least to me, it's their chemistry as a on-screen like, couple seemed very natural and very, like, meshing and getting it. Like, they... they like, this was... It worked to me. Nice. That's uh, one, I think, I can't remember, my sister might have told me about it, but, uh, fuck, did she, I can't, someone told me about this movie and they said that they really liked it. So now this is the second time someone has told me this, which means I gotta, I gotta watch it now. It's another one drop more in my... And you gotta watch it. Yeah, you gotta, you, I do recommend it. I genuinely recommend it, because it's another drop in my bucket of romance movies that, by all accounts, I should have no interest in. <laughs> It's got Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. I mean, what well, more could you want? I was just going to say, what well, more could you want? <laughs> oh my god, that's what it, I have a thing for movies where nerds are playing, like, nerd actors and actresses are playing the roles. Yeah. Because Elizabeth Town is Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. Um, Moulin Rouge has Ewan McGregor. Australia has Hugh Jackman, both of which have Nicole Kidman. Um, Pride and Prejudice has, oh, I know, I'm trying to remember who it is. James, do you know off the top of your head? Which, wh- which actor? 2005 which person? Pride and Prejudice has... Yeah, got Keira Knightley, Keira Matthew Knightley. McFadden. Got Tom... And Carrie um, Mulligan. And Carrie Mulligan's also got Rosamund Pike, um, Donald Sutherland, and, yep. uh, who the, the fuck is, I'm gonna feel real bad for forgetting his name. It's like Tom something, the guy who plays Beckett in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, Phantom yeah. of the Opera has Gerard Butler. Yes. Tom Cruise. Oh. <laughs> it's not, it is Tom Hollander. I almost said Tom Holland. And Bram Stoker's Dracula has Keanu Reeves. And um, what's her name? <laughs> um, That's funny. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula has Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. That's the one and they Anthony got married Hopkins. at, right? Yeah, that's the one they got married in. Okay. So for, I have this very specific genre of romance films. It's <laughs> pretty cool, though. Honestly, not bad. James, that's do you wrong know with romance films. Of uh, Keanu know... Reeves and Winona Ryder getting married? 
No. Uh, to film Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, in the movie, there's a scene where Mina and Jonathan Harker get married. Um, but it's done by an Eastern European, in an Eastern European church with an Eastern European priest. And apparently while filming, they got a real priest to act the part of the priest, filmed in a real church, and just had the priest go through the entire ceremony as, like, a one-shot and then, like, used what they wanted. So, technically, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves are married. That's so cute. Man. Did... have Are either of them actually married in real life? Um, I think so. But they jokingly still refer to each other as husband and wife. I have seen, uh, that, like, I've seen a few compilations or whatever of them in interviews. I think they get along, like, really well. Yeah. Good for them. That's cute. Uh, yeah. So, uh... Not a movie podcast. (laughs) Yeah, movie podcast. (laughs) All right. Finally. Our next segment, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question... What's the quickest way another man can lose your respect? Uh, following oh. James's advice against oh. Butter Buddies cast rule number three. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't listen to me. Oh, shit. Uh, he found the loophole. If he tells us not to listen, then we have to listen because otherwise we uh, won't be following uh, the third rule. <laughs> oh, my God. But the three laws are supposed to be unbreakable. Fuck. They're inherently paradoxical. <laughs> what have we done? What have we done? This is a good. This is actually a good question. Um, um, I had a better answer. No, I don't. Specifically, a man or just like anyone? Uh, I mean, you could go anyone because that would still apply to a man. True. I would say any man who uses a position of power in any form over anybody, um, when he knows they can do nothing about it. Ooh. That's that's a pretty quick way for me to lose like total res- like any that's, kind of respect for somebody. That's a pretty dick move. Yeah, that's that's uh, not yeah. That's what condescension. I would say. That's that's the word. That's the one word I would use is condescension. You'd just be condescending to me like you've you've lost my respect at that point because you didn't have to do that. I get it. You have power, or I messed up in some way. Why did you do this? But I already understand this. <laughs> you don't need to rub it in. I may be an idiot, but even I realized when I did something wrong. RJ, do you even know what condescension means? <laughs> I did, and now I do yeah. even more. Uh, we just no, mansplained condescension to you right now, RJ. Yeah, we don't whip it out. All right. There's there's one that makes me uh, like lose respect for people is when they misuse the word mansplain. This is fair. I do. I do think uh, it's an yeah, accurate. It's, it's an accurate phenomena, but it does. It's kind of gets used like a shotgun. Like it just kind of gets sprayed everywhere. One of the worst yeah, they, instances I've seen was uh, a guy was in a Starbucks and overheard a couple women talking about the Matrix movie, and he leaned over, was like, "Oh, I could, I can answer your question if you want," and they immediately shut him down, saying they didn't need him to mansplain. Yeah, he worked on the film. <laughs> Damn. Well, clearly he's not an expert, RJ, so he should have just kept his mouth closed. You know what? Fair. (laughs) Shut up and look pretty, you idiot. He wasn't Keanu Reeves or one of the Wachkowski siblings, so how would he know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, fuck you. John, um, what about you? I don't know. Pretty forgiving. I would agree with you two, though. On condescension and abuse of power. Um, probably just, like, not following through on what you say you're gonna do, too. Mm. Stuff like that. Damn. Yeah, that's I mean, a good... Yeah, you get definitely a couple chances there, but if it's just consistent, then... Yeah. You're wasting my time. Fucked. Yeah. Our next question. What the duck does a life coach do? With the further details, I see people here talking about them here and elsewhere. When I read up on them, I left even more confused as either I still don't understand what they do or I don't understand in what situation they would be useful. You see, they teach you how to quack. Quack, quack. That was pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. That almost, that almost sounded like a soundboard. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I mean, they, uh, I actually had to write about life coaches for my job. They basically, really? um, yeah, ki- like kind of like a life, a life program. And, uh, the idea is basically that they kind of help you, like, if you have a specific area in your life that you want to focus on, like, whether that's like, I don't know, get yourself like psychologically together or like physical activity. And that could be anything from just like needing somebody to help you structure your day. So you take a walk at a certain time or even like helping you get to the gym. Um, That's like life coaching. And it it can be for like other stuff as well. It's like somebody who's just supposed to kind of help you like in a specific area of life. So you can kind of like learn a lesson then you can apply what you've learned the rest of your life. And at its worst, most useless, it just make helps rich people make decisions in how to spend their money. Yeah, I mean, in its in its most uh, lackadaisical form, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of just someone telling you, like, it'd be great if you drank water. And you're like, oh my god, you're right. Here's three thousand dollars. <laughs> be great if, if you drink water. That's five thousand bucks. <laughs> what if you took a ten minute walk? Just for the fun. Can you imagine how much more enlightened you'll be afterwards? $5,000. At least like 0.02%. And I mean, hey, that's more than you had before. That's true. Could be more. Could be a lot more. You never know until you take the walk. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. You gotta pay me before you leave the house. I am standing in your doorway. Instantly. (laughs) Yeah, life coaches are like vampires. You have to invite them in. Um, I mean, you do. You can't cross the threshold otherwise. Mm-mm. Life coaches don't just show up and start coaching your life. You have to invite them to coach your life. And I feel like most they people drain you, you have to invite in. <laughs> no. 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 Ryan Reynolds just climbed through your window. I've, I've walked so many people's houses. I mean, they weren't home, but they couldn't stop me, so... I feel to your point. That's a good question, too. Can a vampire enter your house if nobody's home? Um, Do the rules apply? I don't think... I I think so. It's still a dwelling. I think, yeah, they can't enter, like, yeah, dwelling or a domain unless they have... But that's why they can enter restaurants and taverns is because the taverns themselves are not necessarily uh, dwellings. Yeah. They just can't go upstairs. (laughs) They can't go to the room that the tavern owner lives in. Yeah, which, I mean, vampires, are very, uh, they're a very interesting uh, You know myth, what they like, don't tell you? 
animal. What? That the vampires only do it out of being polite. They're not actually stopped. They're just that ingrained. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a metaphor for just uh... consent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're bound by a strict moral code. Oh yeah, well, I've never really thought about it that way. <laughs> they they are. Well, vampires I mean, are supposed to be like a like a metaphor and allegory just for like like untamed, unrestrained like sexual impulse. Hence why they're very like they bite your neck and they suck you dry, not sucking what you're thinking, but as in like emotionally, physically. It's also like, like why they're become... supposed to be older, kind of creepier, and not supposed to yeah. be young and hot. It's supposed to be that yeah. like despite their looks and appearance and what like they should not be attractive, but for whatever reason they still are. Yeah. In in the original Dracula, like the the actual Dracula has like a group of like two or three like vampire he's got like a harem basically yep. like asshole and it's yeah it's supposed to be a metaphor for like an older man having almost kind of an, a, an abuse of power over like his victims um who knows man maybe those medieval people were onto something it's just too bad we don't have any examples of that happening in the modern day yeah. but uh, you never know yeah. that's you weird know. <laughs> wait a minute uh, if, if there's no episode next week, you know why. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because uh, we're hanging out with our pal Jeffrey Epstein. Well, oh, hanging my... is one word for it. Oh, no. Some would say murder. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Probably. Sorry, John. What do you, you mean you the camera life. cut out? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? It's the only suicide in the entire history of the correctional facility. That's crazy. What do you mean the guard wasn't there for the six minutes when it happened? Uh, <laughs> huh. Weird. Uh, our next so question. Crazy. Who doesn't get enough credit for what they do? Teachers. But everybody knows that. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling a little bullshit on that one. No. They may not get no. paid enough, and they may be put under horrible working conditions, but we literally have a National Teacher Day. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. They're being given credit. Nobody actually appreciates them as much as they should. Well, not yeah. nobody, but the vast majority of people don't. It's so hard to do it when you're a kid, because you just don't really understand. More like a younger kid. I think in high school... Like, if you kind of know what's up, you can appreciate them. Well, but to be fair, we were all nerds, so. This yeah. is very cool, very studious. Um, I would say, honestly, like, hmm. Milkmen. It's a dead profession, but damn it, if they didn't get us through the hard times. They really did try, yeah. I mean, they're the only reason I'm around. <laughs> Oh, I'm like thinking of the South Park episode where everybody gets a Bane mask. (laughs) A man's wife is his life, Mr. (laughs) Upton. I'm the milkman. (laughs) I love how their evidence of, of. The UPS man having sex with their wives is a poorly drawn, like it's a poor drawing, like a child's drawing. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> uh, you uh, you only adopted the UPS. I was born to it. <laughs> I didn't see FedEx till I was a man. <laughs> uh, I would say, honestly, um, 
Fuck, this is a basic one, but I'm gonna say janitors, honestly, or really any like any facilities people. Like, yeah, facility type people. I'm even counting like street department type people. Oh, yeah. Like for like those people. I mean, they're literally the reason like a, a city is able to function. And like, I one time after a really bad rainstorm, like in our town, uh, this was like when I was working on the street department that summer. I was riding around, and like this was it was a storm so bad that like everything like flooded basically. Mm-hmm. I was stopped in a uh, in a truck, and I was with some guys from the water department. There was this big line of cars that had been backed up near an intersection because, like, because uh, it just been totally flooded and people had to be like rerouted. And as we were driving past, like some guy literally like yelled out his window. He was like, "You guys can't do anything about this." It's like, damn. Dude, it just rained really hard. I'm <laughs> like, oh, sorry I'm not fucking Thor, dude. Yeah, like, the town is, like, a hundred years old. Like, the sewer systems were built for this kind of shit. What the hell are you doing? Why do just call up fucking Storm from the X-Men? She'll redirect the goddamn rainstorm. <laughs> uh, I, I really did. Like, those people have to work in, like, every condition imaginable. Like, if you're ever, like looking outside on like a Saturday and you see it just pouring or a Friday or whatever, you see it fucking cold or snowing or the hot men will be there. Those guys yeah. are out there. Those guys and girls are out there making sure that, you know, that it's going to be okay the next day. So I would definitely say those people. Mm-hmm. It's Burma workers. Our next question. What gender primary care doctor do you prefer? With the further details, does gender, male or female, make a difference in which primary care doctor you would choose to go to, or any other kinds of doctors that would be involved with your privates, proctologist, urologist, etc.? I haven't had a primary care doctor since my last one retired, like, eight years ago. I mean, <laughs> so, same? I, I don't know if I'm qualified to answer this question. Um, I guess I would go same gender. No particular reason, but I guess the whole privates thing. It, I... See, for whatever reason, yeah. I have been the opposite, where, like, for whatever... I don't know why. I have no logical reason for this, but my brain has just gone, if I have a same-gender doctor, for whatever reason, he... Like, it's just this stigma around that. But if I have an opposite-gendered doctor or nurse or what have you, they will, like, have they, their job... It, it's the same, no matter the gender doctor. They see this shit all the time, but for whatever reason the opposite gender one will judge me less for it. Hmm. That's actually an interesting perspective. I never thought about it like that. But that makes no logical sense because the same thing will happen with a same gender doctor. Yeah. They're professionals either way, but yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of get that too. I, I would honestly say like, I'm more comfortable, uh, honestly around like women in that capacity, but I would prefer like a male, like doctor like mainly just because of the i would i would kind of go with yeah i would i it, it makes me feel like i don't know more I can't comfortable even use the, like excuse that like i think a like female doctor or whatever would be more like gentle about telling me shit because i've had f- women doctors like you're obese you need to do something about it like pretty bluntly uh, and i'm like it- all right it's not even that. It's something like I just I just feel like uh, I don't know. I, they're usually just uh, 
I, I feel like in almost any other capacity, like I would prefer like a woman, but if we're especially talking about like having a physical, like I'd rather have a guy do it partially because like he kind of knows the equipment a little bit better. So it's like, he, you know, they both know what to look for. <laughs> Whoa, but, mine doesn't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It's not supposed to spin like a pinwheel. <laughs> What do you mean uh, it's not supposed to leak oil? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not supposed to pump gasoline into it? Oh, no, you're uh, only supposed to use 15%, not 10%. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. Ethanol, that's really going to fuck up the manifold. Yeah. Uh, no, I would I would definitely say a guy just, just for um, But again, like I'm pretty, pretty split on it regardless. Yeah, I could go either way, too. Alright, cool. Our next question, and this one is included just because I wanted to shit on this question. What is the best way to prepare a frozen pizza, in your opinion? Cook it in the fucking oven, dipshit. Well, I mean, you do have options. How many options do you have for cooking a frozen pizza? Either put it on the rack or put it on a tray, set it to the temperature assigned on the box, set it to the amount of time on the package, and let it cook. Well, you got your... Regular oven. You got your pizza oven. You got those weird things that just put like a heat wave over a pizza and rotate the pizza. Um, If you've bought a Jack's Pizza recently, they tell you you can grill them, which I'm still curious about. (laughs) So, I mean, there's like a whole possibility, you know? Whole world of possibilities. I had no clue you could grill a pizza. Yeah, Yeah, I'm really curious about Um, that one. You have to get a pizza. Too scared to try it. it, though. You get a pizza Do stone, you? put it on the grill, yeah. I mean, you oh. don't have to have to, but really, you should, just so it's not, like, falling in between the grill cracks. Oh, if it doesn't do that in the oven, is it gonna do it in the... You, it's the same risk the in the grill? oven. I suppose. I don't know. It, this these, this kind of question always makes me mad, because I remember someone I knew back in high school who uh, just never used a timer. What? Yeah. It's cook your pizza on vibes, man. Yeah, no, for real. Just would cooking on vibes, and oh, we check it every so often. I, I mean, I said I like I watch the clock or whatever, but I guess yeah, like you just take it out within the within the predetermined like time period when you think it looks like the most ready for you. That's fair. I I guess it's supposed to be closer to being wood fired, like a closer taste to that hmm. than. Your traditional well, like, oven experience. A grill. To like grill a grill. it. Interesting. Yeah. I have heard about like pizza stones and stuff like that, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I, like at that point, even preparing it on like any of the other options, it's still just put it in heat source time. Oh yeah, totally. It, just leave it on the counter till it's not too frozen and then chomp into it. It'll be fine. Even that, like it's time <laughs> and heat source, not freezing. Well, that yeah, that's just the definition of. Uh, well, I guess it's pre- the specific wording of the question is preparing, not necessarily cooking. So, like this would be this would be a much different question. I've had a much I would have a much nicer response to it if it was like, "What's the best way to prepare chicken?" Like that's got options and variety and spice of life depending on what cuisine you want to go down. Like, cool, let's dig into that. This is a frozen pizza. It's pretty narrow. Just take it out of the freezer, you dump a bunch of chili powder on it, and you just dig in. Go for it. (laughs) 
It's this week's chef recommendation. Our last question this week is one that I think hits home for us Midwestern boys. What's your preference list for home improvement stores? With the further details being my list, Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards. Fun fact, Menards is not located only in the Midwest. It extends as far as the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, my preference list, if we have to choose three, I'm going uh, probably Farm and Fleet, Menards, and Ace Hardware. <laughs> you mean the three you grew up with? Uh, maybe, but also, like, let's be real, though. Low, like, I'm a little biased against Lowe's, because when I was doing my Eagle Scout project, I went to a Lowe's to see if they would, like, hey, you want to donate and help support? And they basically said, mm, no. Goodbye. Yeah. I don't know if you would have had much better luck elsewhere. I, mean, I did. <laughs> Ace Hardware donated a bunch of nails. Oh, that, okay, never mind. And I think I'd... I think Lowe's was like, oh, yeah, give us the, like, forms, we'll get back to you. And they just never got back to me. Gotcha. Next year. Next year's the year. Yeah, maybe next year they'll finally get around to supporting my Eagle Scout project. Go build another boardwalk. They also appear to have lost James down at Black Hole, so... Yeah. Um, my list is Menards, uh, Menards, and, um, Menards. Uh... Me being able to buy my jeans at Farm and Fleet wants to fight you. You could buy jeans at Menards! But not nice ones. Great! Are they nice at Farm and Fleet? Eh, they got more variety. I suppose. I bought a really nice winter coat at Menards. Really? <laughs> yeah, I love hmm. it. James, you back I... from the Black Void? Yeah, I had to go get something. I'm sorry. I would say... Um, Farm and Fleet... Um, fuck, I guess I am going to have to say Menards, but then Home Depot, because they have the best theme song. Home um, Depot. What? Home Depot. Home Depot, yeah. yeah. The only soft spot I have for Home Depot is in the Parks and Rec scene where Ron Swanson is buying stuff to fix up uh, Andy and April's house. And the Home Depot guy stops him and is like, is there anything that you need help with? And Ron just looks at him and says, I know more than you, and walks away. And the guy's like, okay. Yeah. But you got a lot of those customers when you worked at Menards. Not really. In f like, I actually, I got enough of those, but it was because I didn't know anything, and they did know more than me. So if anybody ever came to me and was like, hey, can you help me find this thing? I'd find the general area, and only, like half-truthfully play stupid until they figured it out on their own. <laughs> uh, it's my first day. No, for real. Three I months used... later. Oh, it's my first day. <laughs> I just kept using the excuse of I'm new to the job. How long have you been here? Oh, ten years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was only on the job for six weeks. I know. It was valid for you. <laughs> Literally, by the time I started figuring shit out, I was gone. Oh, that's, that's how long I was a um, grocery store cashier slash bagger always spread honestly yeah that's just some serendipity right there you know yeah. what was your six-week job james um shit i don't have Maybe a six-week job them. <laughs> <laughs> but i was at i was at a, a, a an assembly line job for 
two days, like like technically two weeks, but I only worked one day a week. Um, okay. And it sucked. It sucked. It was maybe one of the worst jobs I've ever had. Did you show um, up in the first five minutes and go, I'm putting my two weeks in? No, I just left after the, the place I was at, like, um, there was such a low, like, or such a high turnover rate, like unbelievable. So you could just kind of leave and they would just find somebody else. This is one of those places where it's like they hire you starting at like 1450 and you're like, oh, that sounds awesome. And then you realize exactly why the pay is that high. Yeah. Cause nobody sticks around. Exactly. All right. Uh, any further opinions on home improvement stores? I don't think we got your answer about um, who doesn't give it enough credit. Mine? Yeah. Oh. Um, shit, I feel like I said somebody. So I said uh, teachers. James said sanitation slash utility workers. And I joked milkmen. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think, okay, my honestly, I would, uh, I would say not enough credit goes to... Um, shit. Locksmiths. Just this shit. <laughs> I'd go locksmiths. Nice. You don't need them often, yeah. but when you do. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, with that, uh, thank you for joining this week, fellas. We of kept the schedule. Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes or Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are sold. If you can't, I don't know how you found this episode. Uh, We're also on social media. Facebook, Better Buddies. You can participate in our meme. You can enjoy our meme Mondays and participate in our uh, icebreaker questions that we post. We have Twitter, at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account, betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. Send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to answer, or questions you need advice on. And last, but not least, be a better buddy. I'm recording. It's been, like, 30 goddamn minutes, but I'll be damned if I don't stick to my release schedule. Hey, I can admire that, RJ. I will sell my goddamn soul to Satan or sweet baby Jesus, whichever one wants to claim it first. Oh, well, I quit tomorrow morning. (laughs) If I fucking have to, I will quit my goddamn job for all of an hour. Do it over lunch. I might. Nothing but mukbang for an hour. Yeah, you should podcast. Podcast is life. Oh, yeah. I'll talk to the microphone. Do a day in RJ's life. Just uh, have interviews, you know, go through you making lunch, eating it. All right. It's the 24-hour podcast. Yeah. I'll I'll just interview all my staff members. Yeah. Ask people what they really think about the ones they love. Like, really think. Like, get them to take down deep. And then I'll publish it on Facebook and tag everyone they know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) At everyone. That'd be so spicy. Let's get this episode started.